Is war a relic of the past? And do we think we're better than the people that came before us for not committing the same atrocities twice? I'm Ismail Paisivico, and this is the Civic Podcast. Hello everyone, and welcome again to what is most likely my most spontaneous episode yet. And this just, this idea, or the idea in itself has been on my mind for quite some time, but the reason why I wanted to do it now is because I could finally put some words to what I was thinking. And I was I was scrolling through, um, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me for that. I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw the Royal Military Museum of Brussels. They put up, they put up a post and the post goes like this. There's a picture of some airplanes and then it goes, war question mark belongs in a museum and does war actually belong in a museum is war just a relic of the past have we evolved enough as human beings as societies in knowledge if you will to not commit the same atrocities people before us have committed again i think that in terms of warfare the most interesting century to study is the 20th century. First World War, Second World War, Cold War, Balkan Wars, and well, Middle Eastern Wars. The 20th century is full of suffering and lots of people dying and atrocities uh, committed on all sides. And I think when we got into the 21st century, the big notion or the big idea in the Western coalition, if you will, was that war was no longer, was not a possibility, is not an answer, is not something we should even consider. We should always take the diplomatic route, which I agree, 100%. I think the first choice all the time should be the diplomatic route. That is, and I'm pretty sure that every single person in in any military, right, in, in any armed forces, around the world or in the world, no, I want to say around the world, but in the West mainly, they don't want to go to war. The reason why you enter the military, I mean, of course, there are a few nut jobs here and there. Uh, I can get that and they go, oh yeah, I want to get in the military because I want to go to war and I want to shoot people, right? But I, I really don't believe that's the main reason why people decide to join the military. And if push comes to shove, they are ready to go on the front lines to defend their country or in, in, in some sense, that's their idea. And then people will say, oh no, but they're not they, they're not really defending anything. They don't know what they're doing. It's just politicians and people in power deciding who dies and who lives uh, for their own economic or political interest, which I'll give some credit to that idea. Uh, it is of course a possibility, but at the end of the day, we have choices to make and we need to think what we are, what we are fighting for and for who do we want to fight for? And what is the idea behind that all, that fight, why are we even doing this? I mean, at the end of the day, most people don't want to die. Most people don't want to kill people. I can only imagine what kind of thoughts a human mind can have when the end the mind, well, when the end of life of another human being, except if you're a psychopath, of course, that's one of the uh, underlining issues of psychopaths is that they have no feelings or they have no remorse, they don't see the problem with the way of thinking. The moral compass is completely broken. It, it, 
north doesn't point towards north anymore. It points towards south. Their minds are upside down. And that's an issue. But that's psychopaths. And I don't believe that 90%, 99% of the people in, in the in the armed forces are psychopaths. I think only maybe a small minority are. And there are some nut jobs like in anything else around the world. In every single sector, really. In every single job, there are nut jobs. You're going to find them. I'm 100% sure about that. And this, again, this idea in the West that we've become more mature, that war is no longer a necessity, I think people are starting to rethink that now with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Saying, wait, I personally did not think, I mean, this is before Ukraine got invaded, I did not think Russia was going to do it. There were some words going around. At the beginning, it was the US with specific intel they had saying Russia's going to invade Ukraine. I said, no, that can't, that, that can't be. That can't be possible. Why now? Why do this? And I did an episode about that, and I think why now? Because Russia saw that the West is weak, and they have nuclear, and they know very well that if NATO even intervenes with that kind of conflict, um, there's a possibility that we go into nuclear war. And that and 10,000 other geopolitical reasons. But I guess that's the main one. It's because they know they have leverage, leverage of the nuclear bomb. It's happened the same thing essentially throughout the Cold War. And that's why there were mainly proxy wars around the world that didn't really touch the West, even though there were there was a fight between the United States and the USSR, but it was all around the world. It wasn't really on European soil or American soil. But then again, other societies, other cultures, other countries got affected by a war that was essentially not theirs. And then you can say, oh, it was really a war between communism and liberalism. Um, Yes, it was. It actually was. But the people that suffered from these conflicts are not people in the West, which were the people actually making the decisions um, to have that armed conflict at the time. And I want to come back to whether we think that the human mind or societies have evolved enough to know that war is no longer the answer. Right? I'm pretty sure that after the First World War, that's, that was the common thought between all groups of people. The common thought between the people that we cannot go back to what happened throughout between 1914 and 1918. That is not even possible. It's not viable. I mean, why would they? Both sides have lost countless of troops, countless of young men, countless of people. Society was completely destroyed. So why would even anyone want to go back to that? Why not look for other solutions to possible conflicts, diplomacy, for instance. And Neil Chamberlain thought this too. <laughs> I always bring the, the, that argument, not argument, but that um, example of Neil Chamberlain when he came back because he saw that the Nazis were advancing and then he said, okay, I'm going to go to France and I'm going to speak with Hitler and I'm going to speak with all the Nazis and I'm going to say, okay, guys, let's be chilled about this. Um, we don't get into war with you guys, but you stop advancing and then you can have whatever you want and what, what, whatever you already have, right? And this is video of him, pretty well-known video, where he gets down off the plane in the UK and he starts waving with this piece of paper in his hand, which was essentially the peace treaty. Um, and then the next day, Hitler took the whole of France. <laughs> he, he did not care about what was even spoken about or agreed upon on both sides. He just attacked. He said, why, why on earth would I listen to you? I mean, I have the upper hand here. I have the 
for now what could have possibly been at the time the best and biggest army in the history of the world and he attacked regardless so diplomacy at the end of the day whether we like it or not is still built upon trust all right now you can say okay you can different parts and whatever contract or agreement between two parties that can say, okay, if you do this, we do that, etc., etc., etc. By the end of the day, that without trust is nothing. That agreement without trust is nothing. And can you trust dictators? Can you trust tyrants? Can you trust fascists? Or dictators in a more general manner. Doesn't necessarily be doesn't necessarily need to be a fascist dictator. Um, can be anything. Stalin, for instance, he wasn't fascist, but he was still a dictator, a communist dictator. So whatever kind of dictator it might be, do you think you can trust them or not? And, and that's your underlining issue. And do I think we can trust humanity to not fall down to those armed conflicts anymore? No, I do not think so. Do we think that we're smarter than Socrates, Plato, Aristoteles, just because we know we have better medical tools, let's say, right? Or because we know what constitutes a electric battery? or because we know what's inside an insulin shot, or because we know how to make aspirins, right? Because we've advanced technologically, and do we think that we're smarter than those people that came before us, people that have essentially shaped our society through philosophy, through culture, through sociology, uh, through new ideas of organizing our world, democracy, do we think we're smarter than them? And I personally do not think so. I think we have more knowledge, more information, better technological advancements because of centuries of, of research and people working very hard to find those technological advancements and allow us to have the life we have today. But bottom line is, I don't think we are either more empathetic, either smarter, either better than anyone that came before us. And war before 70 years ago was the norm in the whole world, the whole world. And even though in the past 70 years, we've mostly had peace in the West, apart from now the war on Ukraine, right? The Russian invasion in Ukraine and 30 years ago, the Balkan Wars, right? And, and those are the most recent conflicts in the West. And I still consider, the, well, let's say Europe, right? We can debate, oh, no, but that's Eastern Europe. That's not really the West. Okay, fair enough. But you, you see what I'm getting at is still the European continent, continental Europe. And those are the most recent conflicts we've had on this soil. Now you can speak about terrorist attacks, but that's not a war. Those are just attacks. And but apart from those, we've had war around the world for it has never stopped. Wars in the Middle East have been going on for ages, and they are still there. Wars between militias or even governments and militias in Africa or in Latin America or in Asia, India, Pakistan, they are going on. There are still wars all around the world. Humans have not evolved yet to, to, for, to forget about the atrocities of war. Or maybe they haven't forgotten, maybe we know perfectly well, but for them maybe that's the only outcome there is when all the diplomatic routes have been exhausted, only war is the answer. And unfortunately, 
I agree. I think that at some time, at some point, at the end of the day, if all the roots have been exhausted and you have to choose between your country, your family, your friends, the people you want to protect, the things you want to protect, because you highly believe that it's worth protecting, and someone that doesn't care about anything else, I think you should take arms. And we can take this example because of all the men fighting in Ukraine right now. They have understood that. They could perfectly well say, look, I've just laid down my arms and that's it. But no, they decided to engage in war. They decided to defend what is theirs and what is rightfully theirs. And I don't think just because us in the West, we haven't gotten into any wars that we're more intelligent than any Ukrainian soldier. Any Rus Russian soldier, as a matter of fact. We're not brighter than them, we're not more intelligent than them because we haven't been in a war. And I think that's where it really comes to it. I think, are we really that self-indulged or have we really eaten, have really believed ourselves as a Western coalition that we are too good for war, that we are too advanced technologically? I don't think so at all. I don't think we really are. And at some point, maybe it will come, maybe it will not come. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I really don't know what's going to happen in 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. But it's a possibility, unfortunately. And human, the human mind, human societies will never, and I think never, be smart enough to never engage in war again. And at some point, you need to make a choice. You need to make a choice of what do you wish to defend. And you might be wrong, you might be right. Again, all the Russian soldiers, okay, let's say Russian soldiers, for instance. Do you really think most of them know what they're doing? I don't think they do. And that's on them, really. That's on them on not having the curiosity to even research on what's going on. But still, they take up arms and they follow what the Kremlin says. Or maybe they do, and then that's even worse, right? But I don't think, well, certainly not all of them, but there still possibly might be a good amount of Russian soldiers that have no idea what they're doing, right? But they chose to fight for their country, believing, wrongfully believing, what they've been led to believe by Russian media or by Russian government, which at the end of the day is one of the same. And I don't think playing the blaming game at this point is effective or would even help us resolve this. I think at the end of the day, people need to take arms and you need to defend what is rightfully yours and you need to defend what you believe in. And that's why I'm not pro-war. I don't think war should ever be the first answer, nor the second, nor the third, nor the fourth, nor the fifth. I think it should be the last answer. But unfortunately, when push comes to shove, you need to take a weapon, people need to take a weapon and do what they believe is right. And what is right, what is wrong, I guess that's for our maker to judge and for us to judge on our last breaths as alive beings. And then maybe our, if what they say is true, that your whole life flashes in front of you, that you might die peacefully or you might die in agony by your thoughts of all the bad 
stuff or things you've committed throughout your lifetime. And I think there is something that kicks in in human minds where you've led a horrible life or you've done horrible things and at some point it will come back. It, it will come back and haunt you. If what you've done is morally wrong, I personally do believe, even if you're a psychopath, even if you genuinely believe that what you do is right, I think that at the end of the day, those thoughts will come back and haunt you. And that's a problem. And that is a problem. So we do need to make choices. Who knows? Maybe I've done so many bad things in my life. Maybe I haven't, but maybe I have. And at some and someday they're going to come and haunt me. And that goes for absolutely everyone. We can never be entirely sure 100% what we're doing is right or wrong. At the end of the day, we just need to make a choice. We need to make a choice and stick to it. And whether that choice is right or wrong, again, we'll never fully know. We can have an idea and that's why we're making the choice. We can have an idea that that's possibly the right choice to make. We can even be 99% sure, but we'll never be 100% sure. And when the truth comes out, then it's time for us to answer for our sins, essentially, or for the atrocities we've committed, or for the things we would have liked to change throughout our lives, but we didn't have the chance to do that. And I think that's why we are very, very much, don't acknowledge the privilege that we have of living in a war-free zone. Because war is just another part of humanity, whether we like it or not. We're not smart enough now to never engage into it again. Unfortunately, it's what it is. And I'm just trying to be realistic or maybe being very pessimistic or I have no idea. I have no idea. I just think it's a miracle that we haven't had wars on Western European soil for this long. I, I, I really do think it's a miracle. Put it in, put it, putting it into, in a historical perspective of the amount of wars we've had throughout the centuries, really. And that's really food for thought because I really want people to think and I want people to stop kidding themselves saying, oh no, we're, we're too good for war. War is a relic of the past. War belongs in a museum. Say, no, we're not too good for war. Unfortunately, humans are still greedy. Humans are still mean. They can be mean. I, I, I don't think we're inherently mean, bad, good, greedy, or generous. I don't think humans are inherently bad, let's say, or inherently good. I think humans make choices. And those choices essentially are driven by our moral codes. And that's why I do think moral codes are extremely important. And humans can be simultaneously bad and good. I think it was a socialist, so I might be wrong. He said something very, very interesting. And that the thin line between good and bad, good and evil, is driven in the middle of every human heart, right? There's a thin line in the middle of every single human heart. And that's where the line between good and evil stands. It's inside each and one of us. We're as capable of doing really good things as we're as capable of doing really bad things. And when it's time to make hard decisions, we can just choose what we think is right. I don't think we will ever know whether it is right or wrong. To, to a certain extent, I mean, 100% sure. I don't think we can be sure about anything really. Um, 
I think I've said this before on the podcast, but something my dad always used to say, which I, I still think is quite true, is that, look, there are only two things that are sure in life, and that's death and taxes. And, and, that's, and that's very true. Apart from that, we can never really be sure about anything, which is to make risks and take that leap of faith. That's why I do believe that faith, whatever faith you might have, and is, is extremely important. We need to have something that drives us, that keeps us afloat, intellectually afloat, spiritually afloat, morally afloat. And in my case, that's faith. In not, I'm not speaking about religious faith specifically here, I'm speaking about faith. Speaking about, I believe that this is the best way forward. And even though I know the negative consequences my choice might have, my, my, my choices, let's say, what I choose might have, I'm still gonna go with that choice. Because I do think maybe, just maybe, it might be the best way for me to live a good life. And I think for most people, that's what it comes to. We're not better than anyone else for making this choice or that choice. That the end, that is not for us to judge. But I do think we, we need to be very careful with the kind of choices we make and what we do. And war is upon us. It really is. I mean, it really is not in the West. Again, I'm speaking as someone that has never lived war. I've never, I, never, I didn't grow up in a, in, a, in a war zone. And I'm extremely grateful every single day for, for it being the case. I know lots of people that grew up in wars, that have been in wars, gone through wars, that have been extremely affected by wars. And I always try not to bring up the, the subject as much because I'm, I know, I can at least imagine, they're not really thoughts you want to go back to. I think that horrible time in, in your life, if you've been through war, is something you really don't want to think about. And if you do, I can only imagine how it eats you up from the inside. But then again, I've never been through it. So is it really, are we really going to keep saying, oh, but you don't know what you're talking about? I, 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 exactly, I do know what I'm talking I don't know what I'm talking about. But what I do know is that I'm making a choice right now to speak about this. Because I think at the end of the day, we need to make choices. We need to make choices for the common good, whatever that may be. And I'm always very careful when I use the term common good, because the term common good is probably, is a wolf in a sheepskin. It really is. It's when people say common good, be wary, because they usually are not looking for the common good. They're greedy and whatever they'll do under that slogan for the common good is only going to be for their own good not for the common not for the people not for everyone around them not for the culture not for society but for themselves and that's what i've seen when people usually use that term it always turns badly so again don't take my word for it <laughs> don't say i really want it for the common good but you need to make your own choices and if you believe that's the way forward, and sometimes war is, there's no other choice, unfortunately. We need to go to war, we need to take arms, we need to be ready to kill, and we need to be ready to die. Because we're not better. No one is better than anyone else. No one is, really. I could have been born in somewhere else around the world, and that person could have been born in the situation I was born, in a war-free zone. 
and I could have been born in that war zone and nobody would have known me how I am today. I would have been a completely different person, probably. But I grew up where I grew up. I was born where I was born and I cannot change that. What I can change is what I what choices I make throughout my life. But I can't change something that I had no say in where I was born. And I guess that was my lucky draw of being born in a war-free zone. So no, war is not a relic of the past. We should not kid ourselves to think that we're good, that we're too good for war. We're too technologically advanced. We are too smart. We are too bright. We know too much of history. No, we don't. Do you think people in the 19th century, 20th century, saw, knew about all the wars that were before throughout history? Of course they didn't know that. Of course they knew all the wars that were, that happened before. But they still went to war, knowing what, how horrible it is, how bad it is. And that's it, really. This is a very, I realized this was a very, very slow episode. <laughs> I guess, because um, even I don't really know how to put words to it, or even just thinking about it blocks me, or put some obstacles, Put some, put some intellectual obstacles in my mind that I don't really know how to overcome. Some hoops I can't jump through. And I think that's why this episode was a bit slower. I usually speak a lot, lot quicker. I realise that. Um, but this one was a bit um, different, I guess, because it's something I do think we really need to think about. We're not better than anyone else. We're not better than people before. We are just as likely to commit gravely grave sins and we're just as likely to do very good deeds and we need to be very very careful with what we believe in ourselves if we if we believe we are inherently good that's a very slippery slope towards moral superiority or we might think that we have and that becomes very very dangerous because every single dictator thought they would, they had moral superiority. They were morally better than anyone else. What I mean by that is that they had more right to live than anyone else. I don't think anyone has more right to live than anyone else when it comes to innocent lives. When it comes to innocent lives, I guess that, that would be a good start for the death penalty conversation. <laughs> but um, when it comes to that, no. No life is worse than any other. It's worth more or less than any other. We are all human, we are all human beings, whether we like it or not. And um, life is hard. The choices you're gonna have to make are hard. And at some point, we have to live with those choices. And war is not something of the past. War is very much present. It has been since the beginning of time. And just because we've been having a very very comfortable life, life here in most of the West, doesn't mean we should forget the amount of people that gave their lives in order for us to be able to live so comfortably like we are living today. Lots of people died for us, for us to throw it all away and commit the same mistakes, make the same mistakes we've been making before. I'm going to leave it there. For today, I don't think I have any more, uh, say, mental energy to think, keep thinking through 
this specific topic because it's not an easy one at all whatsoever. I think it's probably one of the most complicated because the other ones about sociology or, or politics in general, they're pretty straightforward. Um, they're not as sensitive at, as, as it is war because war affects us all, essentially. Or at least for me. I think that's one of the most uh, sensitive topics I can even touch and it does require a lot of mental energy for me to even think through them and express them and try to think try to say what I think with a minimum a minimal margin of error of what I'm trying to say but I do hope you think about that if you really think that war is a relic of the past that war belongs in a museum or just war is war just another part of human life and human societies and are we ever going to get rid of it and I don't think so really I really don't unfortunately I'm going to leave it there so again thank you very much everyone for listening I'm Ismael Pacifico and this was this week's podcast see you next time